Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Two high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for ovens when you're waking, baking Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed, up in this bitch Yes, sir, yes, sir, we back with another episode for y'all Start off the new year Thought it was only right to look back At the previous year that we just had one of the crazier ones that we've had on the show in particular, but obviously just in general, uh, in, in the sense of everybody, you know, like in history of humanity, I guess. But we thought we'd have an episode where we'd cover everything hip-hop that went on in the culture um, and just kind of just, you know, look back at this crazy-ass year, man, that introduced a lot of new things, brought back some, you know, kind of things that already were in play. And um, yeah, man, it was just an interesting year overall, but definitely in hip-hop as well. For sure, for sure. There was a lot of stuff to talk about throughout the year. A lot of people did a lot of things. A lot of people actually came out with some really, really good music. So, like, again, you know, COVID did everybody a little differently. Some people were a little hampered by COVID, and COVID actually inspired some. I'll tell you what COVID did for me, which I'm sure it was the same for a lot of people, was I was more, I guess, because I had so much more free time. Mm -hmm. I listened to so much more music that I typically wouldn't listen to. Which is something that I already do on this podcast, thanks to a lot of shit that, you know, you may suggest for me to listen to and things like that. But even then, like, I, I feel like I was more inclined to do it just because, you know, a lot of times music is kind of like a soundtrack to, like, your day-to-day, I feel. At least for me, it is. And I feel like now that, like, our day-to-day is kind of just going to work if you have to go to work and like that. So I feel like it, it's a lot more, like, I guess you have more room to try new things, I guess, if that makes sense. No, I yeah, for sure, because there's definitely some artists that I checked out this year. I probably wouldn't have checked out, except for the fact that for a large chunk of the year, I sat on my ass doing nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, but uh, I know this is, this is a little bit late of a show uh, because it already is 2021. So first thing first, Happy hey. New Year to everybody across yeah, the world. Happy New Year's definitely to everybody. And uh, Mary, I don't know if we did it. Did we do something before like Christmas or? We said Merry Christmas. Yeah, we did an episode before Christmas. Okay, well, in that case, Happy New Year's, everybody. Hopefully this year is better than the last one was. I think it's without being said. But, you know, definitely Happy New Year's to everybody. And thank you all for still tuning in with us. Big facts, big facts. Uh, now let's go ahead and uh, start talking about a little bit of that the the good shit about 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess if you want to call it that, <laughs> let's, let's the the good that we could find in 2020. Let's call it that. Yeah, facts, facts. So, uh, like I said earlier, there was a lot of albums that came out this year. Not all good, mm-hmm. not all bad, but mm-hmm. um, some of them were actually quite freaking good, and some of them were just like. I can't believe this is what this person gave us. Uh, yeah, no. So let's let let's let's talk about some of the joints that we can't believe that we got from some of these artists. Um, like as in that were bad, or yeah, that were bad. So like, what 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 would you say is an album, project, mixtape, whatever you want to call it, that was just a fucking letdown? Like you were just disappointed yeah. as fuck when that motherfucker came out. I know this is kind of like a cheat and it's not really answering the question, but I feel like it kind of is in a way. Uh huh. I'm going to say a disappointment that for a third year in a row, it might be fourth year in a row, 
we still have not gotten a J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar collab album that we've been fucking promised. We've been fucking promised. These niggas released two uh, songs on each other's beats, for fucking Christ's sake. I, I want to say it was at least four years ago now. Oh, damn. Um, and, and it was just... It, it, it just fucking sucks, man. At this point, Kendrick and J. Cole both released solo albums. It's been a fucking pandemic. There hasn't been touring going on. There hasn't been shit going on. Obviously, there's been a lot of civil unrest and things of that nature that I'm sure Kendrick and J. Cole both have been attending to behind the scenes and things like that. Yeah. But I really do feel like the world, especially in this fucking surround, in this environment that we're living in, could really use a Kendrick and J. Cole album. So I'm I'm gonna just say that man. I'm gonna say for for one, that's that's definitely something that I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh Absol, I believe I believe it was Absol from uh TDE said the album was fucking done and this was like three years ago, so obviously that's a fucking lie. I mean it may not um, be, so sometimes they just hold shit like that for random. Oh yeah, reasons. no, you're right. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So uh, I don't know, man. And, and again, these guys teased it for a couple times now, a couple years now. So I'm really curious as to when that's gonna happen. I really feel like most people has forgotten about it at this point. But I really, I really, I really, you know, hope that this upcoming year we at least see a solo album from both of them, which I think we will. Yeah, we most likely will. It's been it's been about uh, that that prerequisite amount of time from between albums for each of them, which is kind of crazy, right? Because you know, again, I, we, we've talked about this a lot of times that like artists like Kendrick and J Cole, they you know, take the traditional time that it took, you know, back in the early 2000s to release an album, whether it be two to three years, something like that, or maybe even up to four years, which I think is what is going on now with, with the uh, J. Cole album, I believe. Yeah. I, don't, I think it came out in 2017. I don't know if that you want to technically call that four years for Kendrick, simply because, remember, he right after he released his last project, he did the soundtrack for Black Panther like a year or two yeah. later. No, that's right. That is right. And and honestly, right, I feel like that that takes a lot out of an artist simply because, you know, when you make your own album, especially the kind of albums that Kendrick Lamar makes in particular, I feel like they're a lot more introspective and, you know, based off of things that he's gone through and shit like that. But I feel like the Black Panther album is it, kind of uh, curated to fit the movie, which it, it, I guess it, it takes a whole nother effort to be able to do all that. So. I can understand why he might want to take another year two off just to make sure that his actual solo work is is up to par. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree completely. Um, as for me though, I I think that there was two albums I was actually super surprised by that let me down like shit. Okay. The first one was a written testimony by Jay Electronica. Mm-hmm. The second yeah. one, and this is because both of them were hyped so much and for so long. The Carter Five by Lil Wayne. Yeah, no, um, and you know, we, I, I actually didn't, I, I didn't even know that. Uh, I'm tripping. You said Carter Five, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Um, yeah, no, um, we, you know, we, we actually reviewed the, uh, the Jay Electronic album mm-hmm. on, on this podcast. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I know a lot of people like to, you know, brush this aside. The fact that it was a more or less a collab album with Jay Z, but, but I, I feel like you can't brush that aside when. This is something that so many people have been waiting for uh, for so long. And to hear a solo work from somebody to come out with a collab album with arguably people's goats in some cases, uh, it being Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. But I will say this, right? I actually didn't know this. I didn't find, I didn't notice until I uh, watched the, uh, the Joe Budden uh, re- re- uh, podcast recap episode today. Mm-hmm. But apparently he dropped another project that came out 
uh, later on, which we had, we I don't think we we've listened to. It. Nah, I know I haven't listened to it because I think I only heard about it maybe a month ago, and then it got shuffled into the back of my head with the holidays and all mm-hmm. the stuff. So yeah, so I actually I because I, I I will say this right as much as I feel like a lot of his content just isn't for me per se, right? I will say that he's a fucking vicious rapper. I feel like, I feel like he has a lot of really dope flows and 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 written testimony. But um but I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan of the overall collaboration. Saturation yeah. of Jay Z. Yeah. Yeah, that that just and again it's kinda hard to get into an album like that and to really see it as a, a, a solo work of art when when you have that much collaborative effort. Exactly. And I feel like as long as we were waiting for Carter Five to to come out and be released like that we were waiting that much longer for jay electronica to release something so i yeah like you said with that much jay-z on it i'm just like it was completely underwhelming and i was just like yeah what you did without him was good because remember even we said it on one review the one song that he's by himself on is so vicious yet it's the shortest song on the entire album Oh yeah, no, for sure, and and again, just with the whole creative aspect of it, it just kind of, it just almost seems lazy, you know what I mean? To to have somebody else just pretty much write half of your album, essentially, is what is what happened there. Pretty much. But to go off of uh, the Carter Five, did, we we didn't, we didn't review that for for the podcast, did we? I can't remember if we did. I think we might have. Let me, let me see what was on that album. I really do, actually don't remember the Carter Five. I, but see, that's that's such a crazy thing uh, in 2020 mm-hmm. that a Carter album 10 years ago, maybe like 12, 13 years ago, would have been like broke the fucking internet. Everybody would have been listening to it. But now in fucking 2020, it just kind of gets brushed under the rug with like a bunch of other fucking albums, I guess. Which yeah. kind of kind of crazy. Exactly. And but I mean also notwithstanding like we were, like I was saying before, it was just kind of a a letdown album to the point where it was like it wasn't very memorable for me to really remember too many of the tracks on there. In fact, I'm trying to remember a track that I even really fucked with on that album because I know that there was more than a few, but I can't really think of anything right now simply because the album was that on that forgettable. Right. No, I agree. And I, I think agree. you're right. I don't think that we did the review for that. I think we may have just talked about it a little bit. Well, actually, I just peeped. It. We actually did review it. Oh, um, but I was, but the joint actually came out. It didn't come out this year, apparently. Oh, did it? Oh no, I messed that up. Oh well, I'll take no, no whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll, that's eat what I, I'll eat that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's um let's, let's let's stop talking about the bad as far as the album goes. And let's dive into the good albums this year. But like, it was a lot. And one thing that I that let me just say this that I think Joe Budden touched on this a little bit was that I feel like this year was a great year if you're really about rapping. And the reason I say that, you got guys like Freddie Gibbs, mm-hmm. who Grammy nominated. You got guys like Jay Electronica, Grammy nominated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was a really long time, a really long time since guys who were actually rapping were, were nominated for these, you know, Grammys and things like that. It used to be the Lil Uzis or the Futures or the Drake like that so i feel like if you're a rapping ass nigga right now it's like a perfect time for music and again a lot of that has to do with the pandemic a lot of that has to do with people not going out all these club bangers that would be club bangers aren't fucking club bangers because you know aren't ain't a club banging to them so it's kind of it's kind of uh you know the perfect opening i feel for a lot of a lot of these really talented guys such as Benny the Butcher, who's been doing this thing for a couple years now, and he's finally broken into the scene. Uh, one of the, the better uh, rappers out now, in my opinion. 
Um, and we're actually going to review his latest album, Burn the Proof, in uh, a week or so. So definitely stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I think this is the year of, of rapping. And, and I really hope this means that it will stick around. Or at least it will be some, some kind of blend of both. Because we got albums like the Nas album that came out this year as well, which is actually, I'll just start off with that one, that a lot of people hold that in one of their top albums of the year. Yeah. And Busta so, Rhymes' album was highly thought of too, and he's another spitter that came mm-hmm. back this year too. And in fact, he um, well, we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, no, like I agree with you, and I and I, you know that that's me. I'm looking for niggas yeah. who actually spit. And when you say you've got motherfuckers who are actually spit out here winning and nominate, nominated for Grammys and shit, I can only respect that. And I just hope that it continues. And I hope the trend towards the bullshit goes away. Because now you've got you know drill rappers and everything. You've actually got some of them who have some talent and are really good yeah. at what they do. And that's that's cool in the game because if you can still rhyme and be over that type of beat and be you know still in niggas' ears all the time, that's perfectly you know run your lane, do what you do. But like we just need more niggas out here who are actually spitting actual lyrics, and it's good to and, see that people are checking for that in 2020. No, definitely. And another example of that of um, of somebody who isn't exactly rapping over like hip hop, I guess s type beats. Is a uh, little baby. I feel like little baby is uh you know obviously a, a trap rapper, but I do feel like he could spit. I feel like if you listen to little baby and the baby for that matter, both of them, mm-hmm. I feel like both guys, which is again, it kind of fits in with the narrative that we're talking about right now. But both little baby and the baby have had crazy years, both of them, but or pe- crazy past year and a half, really. Yeah, and and I, I really do feel like out of all the trap rappers, if you will. These are the guys that are the best spitters out of out of, out of all of them. In my opinion, I feel like uh, baby, both babies could probably outrap damn near everybody in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And 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 that's just I don't know. I, I feel like that has a lot to do with uh, just the the scene of rap right now. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens in 2021. Um, but as far as albums though, which we were talking about, uh, I'm gonna just throw out albums like Alfredo, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, obviously. The Freddie Gibbs collab with Alchemist, which we reviewed on the on the podcast, really dope album. Obviously, super dope production by Alchemist. Hell yeah! You, you, you got um, you got good features such as I believe Conway from Griselda's on there. Um, we got Rick Ross on there, obviously, which with the with the super cinematic songs and shit like that. So uh, just a really really dope album. And I, one thing I want, let me there's another thing I gotta say about albums, man. Keep your albums concise. Please in 2021 albums like this that were like roughly around i believe it was either nine to ten or maybe ten to eleven tracks mm-hmm. perfect perfect perfect, perfect right there between like eight to eleven tracks that's the kind of project we need to be indulging especially right the niggas that be rapping y'all because niggas fucking attention span don't got the fucking attention span to be listening to a rapping ass album that's 25 album 25 tracks long it's just not gonna happen it's unrealistic and, and i'm saying that because there's rappers that i really like that i have not finished certain albums mm-hmm. just because of the fucking length of that album <laughs> i'm just being honest and, and i know i'm not the only one i know especially with rappers a lot of younger rappers releasing every three months i feel like that's the the environment that music is in right now so in order to combat that I feel like if you're a, if you're the type of rapper that likes to rap, keep that shit concise. I feel like Alfredo did that. Another album that did that was uh, the Burden of Proof, which is the Benny Butcher album uh, that we're, we're reviewing as well. 
uh, I, I thought that was really dope. Uh, again, really concise. And uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up was also these solo producer albums, like albums that are exclusively produced by one producer only. Uh, the obviously Alfredo with Alchemist and Burn the Proof with uh, Hit Boy. So I, I feel like that's super dope. We've seen that a lot in 2020, and I hope we continue seeing it. For sure, for sure. Now, you actually stole my thunder by saying Alfredo because that was the one I was going to say. But the second one that comes to mind for me for 2020 was one of the best albums for me. And even though it was semi-long at 15 tracks, was No Pressure by Logic. I thought that that was a very well-put-together album. I know not a lot of people are really big Logic fans, uh, in hip hop for whatever reason it is that you have. But I think that this album was a very well put together album. Not saying that his other albums are not, but I mean, if this is going to be your exit album, this is a good way to go. No, I agree. Um, you know, obviously logic being from Maryland, uh, we're always going to root for him. Well, Silver Spring, just to be exact. True. Uh, we're always going to be, uh, you know, fans of logic. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I haven't, I haven't got a chance to listen to, to that album too much. But I have heard similar things from the album, so I'll be with you there. I'm also going to go with uh, Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. First of all, let, let me just let me just praise my man 21 Savage for literally being a cold-blooded gangster like four years ago mm-hmm. and now being mediators for ignorant-ass niggas like Meek Mill <laughs> arguing with, with, with square-ass academics. Yo, that shit was... that shit, When you told me that shit... I was done. I I did not believe you at all. But like, uh, hey, life life it, life throws you twist. You know what I'm saying? It, I'm trying to tell you. So and, and again, you know, this is coming from a guy who I believe it was last year. He said he was going to stop wearing jewelry, stop spending money on jewelry. So it's just crazy to see. You know, Twenty One Savage. A lot of guys when it, or a lot of people when they listen to his music. They think he's this like straight ignorant gangster dude who don't know nothing about nothing. But in reality, man, he's he's a really bright guy, man, a really smart guy. And I feel like he's making a lot of really smart moves. Obviously, with the whole uh, deportation shit that was going on for a little bit, that was kind of crazy. But I feel like that 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 gave him uh, a whole another lane of exposure he may have not been getting back in the day. And I feel like because of that, he's able to launch into superstardom, which is what I believe he's in now. And you, when he's able to get guys like Morgan Freeman to do an intro about uh, snitching, about rats and snitches. He did a whole intro about rats and snitches. So, Nigga, that was easily one of the best things I heard spoken in oh yeah. 2020. Like Literally. 21, that was a stroke of pure fucking genius if there ever was one in life. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that was really dope. You got obviously you got the Drake feature in there. I really like that song, Mr. Right Now. Mm-hmm. You got the Young Thug features in there. And, you know, not a whole lot of features, but overall, I really feel like it's a great album. Uh, Metro Boomin and him, they have a really good collaborative, uh, uh, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Uh, chemistry. Collaborative chemistry. And I feel like they do a really good job at, at what they do. So, um, yeah, Savage Mode too, man. Really, really dope obviously. That's one of the ones I still got to get to. Uh, I literally was just making a list before I, uh, before you were, before you were ready to get on here, and I was like, okay, this album I haven't got to yet. This album I haven't got to yet. This album I haven't got to yet. And I was like, God damn, I'm falling behind on my shit. <laughs> yeah, but hey, but fuck it. Let's let's shift gears real quick, if you don't mind. And because I, I want to remember about this, because this is this is actually what I was going to bring up to you uh, before the show started. But I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Versus, dog. Versus started in 2020, yes. which is something that we have to talk about, which we didn't write down in our notes. Yep. That I feel like is important to bring up. Uh, obviously, starting with Swiss Beats versus uh, Timberland, which you know really just set all this shit off. How do you how do you feel about Versus in general? Like how, how like just your overall thoughts on, on on Versus in 2020? I mean, yeah, I think it was really a stroke of genius for this year because I mean, this is definitely a year that we were all sitting on our asses, not doing nothing, and entertainers yeah. do want to entertain because obviously they enjoy that they wouldn't want to be entertainers if they didn't enjoy entertaining and they didn't get to do their job this year so if you can yep. get on a platform like that and have like a couple million people it's honestly it's a big ass concert whether you play 100 percent of the songs for each round or not it's a it's a two and a half hour concert with most of these people because oh, yeah. they're doing at least 20 songs and then a lot of them go extra like uh what was it the one with uh fabulous and jadakiss yo Oh yeah. First of all, not only was that one of the best verses in my opinion, but the fact that after they were actually done with the competition, that they just let the DJs go in and play a bunch of shit that was popular as fuck that they didn't even bother putting on their list. So And I by the way, Jedikiss was the best character in twenty twenty. I forgot about that shit until the other day. Yes. Drunk Kiss is my nigga. No. Drunk <laughs> Kiss is what I aim to be when I'm drunk, but I'm completely way more sloppy than that. <laughs> Let me just say So yeah nah I, I, I agree with everything you said um, I thought it was really dope this year um, That they introduced something like that uh, I actually heard somebody say That they should do like a like a produ- uh, Well actually they, ha- they have no producers But um, they should do They should go back to doing writers Because I feel like a lot one of, the, one of the really dope things about You know when, when it's like writers That I feel is that you don't really Like when, when it's an artist that you already know You're already like Certain shit, but I feel like one of the vicious things about listening to verses battles really is when you're like, oh damn, he wrote that joint, like you know what I mean, like shit like that. I feel like I'd like to see more of that just because I'm kind of like in that nerdy realm of like you know knowing who wrote what and because like it blew my mind when I found out that uh, Cam wrote uh, I forgot what song for Three LW, and I would just love like like I heard people say that Cam. Believe it or not, would wash a lot of niggas just based off of shit that he's written for other people, along with his catalog as well. So, you know, we I'm hoping that we get to see a Cam versus uh, sooner or later. But again, I, I, I'm just curious and would love to see, you know, other rappers talk about other songs that they've written and shit like that. So that that's something that I would like to see. That would actually forward. be pretty dope. Honestly, me personally, when it comes to verses, I would love to see more of the old school joints. Like we had Patty LaBelle versus Gladys Knight joint. Yo, for the 35 plus crowd, I mean, for real, for the 40 plus crowd, that was where it was at. For the 35 plus crowd, that's where the fuck our parents was at. That's where the fuck we grew up at. So, yo, I was I was having the time of my life because I was like, oh, I remember this song, blah, blah, blah. I would love to get more R&B joints in there. So I'm happy that they're about right. to do the Keisha Cole Ashanti joint again or, you know, try and redo it. That shit was crazy that that shit got canceled right as it was about to start because yeah. she got COVID. Exactly. And honestly, I'd love to, I just love to see more artists, more older artists, whether they're hip hop artists, whether they're singers, whoever, like shit, put MC Light versus Queen Latifah or put oh, yeah. Big Daddy Kane versus LL Cool J. Or, you know, what I mean, just there's just such a plethora of hip hop music that a lot of these kids don't know shit about. And it will mm-hmm. be dope to get them on there and watch them do it. Like, honestly, the least the least one that I, I didn't even bother to watch it was the fucking uh, Too Short and the E-41. Just because that oh. one, neither one of them is my type of style. But yeah. you got to think about it. That's old as fuck. Niggas 
that comes from a certain time frame and them niggas had to be hype as fuck imagine and like you said if you had done if they had to like if the bone thugs and the three six joe had actually I was, just about to say that. I was just about to say that i would have fucking lost my fucking mind and i was about to because that shit was about this it was legitimately about to start and then they were like ah right, we're just gonna reschedule this for another day and it never fucking happened so i'm gonna need the powers that be to make that shit fucking happen like mm-hmm. I, that's one of the ones that i really need to happen dog. like and I feel like I, I I can speak for a lot of niggas, dog. And it's like, yo, we need Bone versus 3-6. That's what we need. Yep. These niggas are actually beefing with each other. They beefed each other on wax. I don't know if it got to the streets or not. But it was a beef that was going on, just like the whole uh, Jeezy and, and Gucci, which I don't know if we... Did we ever talk about that on the podcast? We talked about it a little bit. I don't think we ever went into, like, super, super detail. We talked about it during their... Uh, at When we talked about their verses. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so I guess we didn't cover it like the whole yeah. him disrespecting and shit. So, you know, and then, that's another thing that we got from the, from Versus this year is we got Jeezy and Gucci performing their one song, which apparently it was the cause of this beef, which I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that that song was the cause of the beef. Neither did I. Shit, hey, learn something new every day. Apparently, apparently, uh, I think Gucci. Uh, I think that song was initially Jeezy and Gucci just kind of took it and put it on his album. <laughs> you know, shit like that. So, uh, I don't know. But the point is that we got that great moment. And by that great moment, I mean that moment of ignorance where Gucci pretty much performed the most disrespectful song of all time, probably. <laughs> Yo, that, that is fucking... That's a crazy song, though. I'm not gonna lie. Now, granted... Granted, you know, the nigga allegedly did try to kill the nigga, so I can't even really be mad. I, I, I almost feel like he kind of did what he was supposed to do. True. And uh, he did what any of us would have tried to do. So, he again. He just did what most of us wouldn't have had the nerve to do, which is perform it in yeah, front of the yeah, nigga that it was <laughs> about. That's a fact. So, you know what I mean? So, I, I, I just, I, I again, I said this before and I'm going to say this now. I just feel like, like it was a little low. Especially because it seemed like, you know, before the, the battle started, it seemed like they kind of came to some sort of agreement. And, and the reason I say that is because after he played that song, Jeezy kind of came out and was like, look, man, like, you know, I get, you know, it is what it is. But like, you know, we talked about this shit. So I, I, I feel like if you talk, if you, if you get to the point where you can be cordial with somebody, then there's no need to, it's one thing to play this song, but I feel like Gucci kind of just kind of took a low blow. Now granted, it's the streets, it's, it's whatever you want to call it, but that's the one thing I will say about that. But other than that, I thought it was great. I thought it was probably one of the bigger uh, verses that we saw. I think it got to like 3 million viewers, yeah, which was fucking huge. Really, really dope. A lot of songs that I really enjoyed, particularly uh, on the Jeezy side and the Gucci side, obviously. Yeah, man, it's just, I, I really hope we can see a lot more of this. Um, even once fucking COVID is over, it'll be dope if, if, if something like this happened uh maybe like a live event or mm-hmm. something like that. you know i don't know like i remember they, they they were doing um i think they did uh i think alchemist did a, a like a beat battle or something like that and it was like a live thing i forgot who it was against but Yo. that would be dope to see oh yeah that would, that would be dope as fuck imagine like him versus like primo oh my goodness Ooh. and again primo versus rizzo we forgot about that True. one oh, that's right you shit look at me i'm trying oh. That shit was fucking lit, dog. That that was an incredible one. That in fact, that was one of the first ones that they did, and it yeah, was. Yeah. I, oh my god, yeah, I remember. So I was so fucking excited for that shit. I, it's just all coming back to me now. I'm just. <laughs> let me let me just tell you, I I learned about about that that kind that fucking verses. I heard the song "Mathematics" by Most Def, 
And then I went to go listen to um, what album was that off? Black Whichever on both album. sides. Yeah, back on both sides. And then that's when we ended up uh, reviewing it for a podcast. So True. I'm telling you, these verses put niggas on the music. I'm if you a fan of music, this shit's gonna put you on to some shit, man. I'm trying to tell you. So that's why, you know, even that's why I try to tune into a lot of verses that I see because I might hear some shit that is just like this certain shit is undeniable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna start looking up the lyrics to the song and Google and shit, trying to figure out what the fuck it is or. You might ask a man or whoever. So I feel like I feel like these verses definitely open the horizon for a lot of people, myself included. For sure. And again, that's why I call for more of these older niggas in rap to be on here and to be uh, in the verses because, like, not only would it raise their stock with you know all of the people out here, but at the same time, it's just gonna put them on the map for newer people. You know what I'm saying? There's there's nothing but positives for that. For um, for older artists to get on there and do that, I mean, we've already saw like, I mean, my my biggest thing for this is that remember when I don't remember, I think maybe three four years ago, Katy Perry did the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah, and she brought out Missy Elliott, and the three songs that Missy Elliott performed all chopped mm. the charts the next day, and this is damn near twenty years after all of these songs came out. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like it's just gonna bump up people's numbers every time that there's an old ass song that is now in the new lexicon of, of popular culture. Oh yeah. It becomes huge and everybody's like, oh my god, blah blah blah. Hey, remember when um Straight Outta Compton came? Fuck the police, blew the fuck up. I was just like, Bro, wow. We don't even have to go that far back. Mm-hmm. Let's look at let's look at motherfucking what the fuck are these niggas called? That fucking band that just uh god damn it. The, you know that, that fucking viral video that just went viral not too long ago where the guy was singing that one song by uh, what the fuck is this band called? God damn, hold on. Uh, oh, Fleetwood Mac, Dreams. Oh yeah, uh-huh. The skateboard nigga. Like, Dogface, yeah. Yeah, the skateboard nigga. Yeah, yeah, Dogface, yeah. Dog, I heard that, that that song brought the song Dreams, which mind you, I believe came out at least over 20 years ago. Yeah, it came out in the 70s. Yeah, like well over maybe even thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and that's what I believe it brought it back like in the top fifteen, yeah. which is fucking insane. Yeah, because I remember I read an article where they in, they interviewed the guy, uh, one of the guys in the band who they were named after it was, it was like Mick Fleetwood or something like that. It was one of the Fleetwood brothers, and he okay. was talking about yeah, this joint just blew the hell up out of nowhere. We we weren't expecting this shit, and <laughs> it came from yeah. a dude drinking fucking Arizona iced tea on a skateboard or drinking fucking uh, cranberry juice on a skateboard. <laughs> Facts, facts. So, you know, it, it, I, you know, again, this just backs up everything you were just saying about when an older song is brought into the new mix of things, it kind of just sticks around and, and people's album sales goes up. So, um, yeah, man, dude, this would definitely help a lot of older artists who may have, you know, struggled or maybe struggling now with, uh, just money in general. So this would, this would definitely be a boost. And for they could definitely flip this. And not only just have R&B and hip-hop, y'all could do this for bands. Y'all could do this for pop stars. I mean, there's endless music out there that y'all could do this with. That shit, yeah. fuck around, have a country versus. You never know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could happen, and it could it, it will probably blow the fuck up. So, yeah, imagine, no, if, you, I, imagine I if they were able to do Backstreet Boys versus InSync on a versus. Yeah. Every female in the planet would probably turn into that. That was born like yeah, before yeah. 1996. <laughs> oh, look, man. Awesome, awesome, potentially sus shit. I want to see Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Fuck it. I'd watch that. Fuck the bullshit. I'd watch that. Fuck the bullshit. We, look, 
Let me just say this right now. The Hip Hop Heads podcast is here for Britney Spears versus Christina Aguilera. We don't go fuck what y'all motherfuckers got to say. Mm-hmm. I'm some wild shit, but I ain't about to say it. You know what I mean? Fuck y'all niggas. We're here mm-hmm. to watch real fucking music. And Christina Aguilera has a fucking voice. And Britney Spears is one of the biggest pop stars of all time. Exactly. So. One of the biggest entertainers that has ever walked this fucking planet. She, Britney Spears in her day was on Beyonce levels. Like, that's oh, really? basically yeah. what it is. And if you don't know, now you fucking know. So 2020 was literally the year of the anthem songs. And most of that had to do with fucking TikTok. <laughs> yeah. That is... That again, like we talked about earlier, because there was no clubs, no festivals for anthems to become anthems, they had to go somewhere. And like you said, they went to TikTok. And there was multiple artists that released multiple songs that probably could have been considered for this year. But I have to say, I think that the biggest anthem song that came out this year was fucking WAP, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Because everybody was singing it It was everywhere It was in every video It was all over the radio People was constantly talking about it Because of the lyrical content Air quotes around it So it's just like I mean That that joint I mean, When your song makes the fucking news Like the 6 o'clock news And they yeah. talking about it Nah you had the anthem of the year Everybody know that motherfucking song Look, When Ben Shapiro is talking When Ben Shapiro's no fucking Twiggy ass is talking about that shit And, and giving his bullshit ass opinion on it That's when you know That it's a fucking anthem exactly. And let me just say this On top of all everything that we just said We got two of arguably fucked female rappers Two of the biggest rappers in general Yeah In rap today like I, I feel like a, like ten years ago, this would have been. Even though this is a big deal, because we're, we're talking about it, it being the biggest anthem song of the year, possibly the biggest song of the year in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like ten years ago, this would have been like what we got whoopy whoop and whoopy whoop on the same song. Like mm-hmm. it just I feel like it wasn't as something that it, it wasn't it didn't happen as often. So uh, you know, I feel like we kind of underappreciate a little bit now. But nonetheless, I was gonna say WAP to another song. I feel like that I almost forgot that came out this year. Yeah. Was uh Savage Make the Stallion? Oh yeah, that was that was gonna be one of my other ones. That was that was a big one, uh, particularly obviously when she got the Beyonce feature. Mm-hmm. That kind of just launched its whole other stratosphere, really. Even though it was pretty big before the feature, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, another song that that I actually forgot came out this year. This is this is it's so crazy. Like when you have so much shit happening in the year, like you know, at the beginning, you'll forget shit that even happened at the beginning of the year. But uh, the box by uh, Roddy Rich. Oh hell yeah, because that was huge as fuck all year. That was huge as fuck. And again, that just feels like it was like fifteen years ago mm-hmm. because that's been going on lately. And um, but yeah, but but overall though, all, all of these songs were great and, and huge and really big song. Another song that I feel like was really big too, uh, the Scots by Travis Scott and Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really really big song. And you know what was really big, even though I think it came out a little bit, I don't remember if it came out in the summertime or before summer, but the jump, I can never remember the name of it, but the jump with uh, Drake and Future. That would be another one oh, this yeah. year that was a fucking oh, yeah. anthem. Oh, sure, sure. Life is good? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. That's that's 100% anthem. Honestly, up there with every song that we just mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, even without the clubs, they can still find a way to get anthems out there, so... Salute to all artists. Salute to all the TikTokers out there who made these songs with the art today. Exactly. Some niggas owe you a check. Don't let them tell you otherwise. <laughs> Big facts. 
Hey, yo, since you had already uh, talked about the Savage remix, we you start you start we we were kind of discussing R and B and hip hop collabos, and I couldn't really think of too many of them for this year because a lot of them are rappers singing the chorus to some other rapper's song. The one that I thought though was like you said the fucking Savage remix because Beyonce made the stallion, and like you said it was popular before they remixed it. Once Beyonce got on it, that shit took off and hit the motherfucking that joint went to Jupiter. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and, and it was the crazy part about it was that it was Beyonce rapping. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a beat change, there wasn't a, a sudden slowdown or or whatever you want to call it. It was as soon as the same beat that Meg was rapping to, Beyonce came and did her thing. Now, did she have help? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We don't no, know. She did. <laughs> Beyonce can probably write a song. I'm very convinced that she can write a song, an R&B song. I don't know how her her lyrical skill is, so yeah, I'm sure hubby yeah. had a little hand in that. I'm, sure, but you know, it, it's funny because whenever you hear Beyonce rap, you can almost hear Jay rapping that same shit, just switched around a little bit, mm-hmm. which is exactly kind of um, when we reviewed the uh, the Foxy Brown album a couple months ago maybe a year ago or so you're right i felt the same way that like a lot of those songs just kind of had jay-z written all over it which i feel like is kind of what beyonce sounds like sometimes i mean I, I mean obviously her husband he's gonna help her out with it but to tell you yeah. the truth when she sounds the most like jay-z is she sounds like old jay-z when she starts trying to rap fast like you mm-hmm, know on the yeah, savage remix yeah. when she picks up the speed of the verse she sounded just like jay-z across that entire part so i mean That's guaranteed 100 I, I i under i'm with you on that yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. So, um, yeah, no, I, I was, I was actually having a hard time thinking about a R and B rap collab too. And again, it may, maybe it's just because there's so far and few between, in between, as, as there was in years prior. And also because, again, a lot of these rappers they don't really, well, at least they feel that they don't really need the, the feature. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Brown and Young Thug go crazy. That was a really big song. That was actually really good. Like, I'm not a big Chris Brown fan, but every now and then he come out with a song that rocks. Oh yeah, that was that was, and again, same here. I've, I've, again, I'm not gonna say I don't have, you know, a list of Chris Brown songs that I really like, but I'm not a super huge Chris Brown fan. Uh, but this, I think this song was really dope. And uh, again, I, I, this, I, I believe this song maybe might have came out at the beginning of the year, so I almost forgot that this song even came out. But it was, it was huge. It was a big song, and and honestly, I can't really think of too many other. Uh, R&B rap collabs that were even up to par with that one, really. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last couple of years, there's been a bunch of them, but they're so spread out, and a lot of them are, like, one of them, like, most of them, I feel like, are, like, SZA and Kendrick or for somebody in, in, mm-hmm. in, in, um, ah. Uh, you know what it be? Click, you, know you, know? What it, you know what happens, man, in my opinion? What it, what happens is a lot of these, like, like, R&B kind of songs or rappers, they're fucking B-sides in albums or they're, like, a lot of the the lesser known songs of albums, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel like before you'd be more inclined to drop that kind of song as a single, but I feel like that doesn't really happen as much. And again, a reason why that probably hasn't happened in a long time is because guys like Wale are really good at doing that, but like hasn't dropped the album in at least two or three years. Now. True, because this nigga will actually get somebody who can fucking blow and have them kill the verse on that joint like i'm sorry miguel killed lotus lotus flower bomb and that last song that wale came out with i think it was like jeremiah or somebody who was on the mm-hmm. on the hook 
that joint was a killer so like yeah like you said wale knows how to put them type of songs together i just don't think many of these r&b artists now i mean our r&b artists most of these hip-hop artists nowadays really have the ear to do too many of these collabos which is another reason these type of collabos which used to pretty much permeate the r&b and hip-hop sphere it was what brought them together and merged them together period in like you know like the 80s and in the 90s like it's just not there anymore I mean, because let, let's let's be honest, right? Like, there. I, I mean, I'm not saying that there there aren't any, but I feel like there are very few strictly R&B artists now. Yeah, they either they either also rap or are also pop artists or you know make a, like you know poppy kind of sound of music. I, I feel like it's very rare that you find like a a straight up and down R&B artist like you might in the late '90s, mid '90s, or even early 2000s. No, you're right. So, it's really, really hard nowadays. You know, so for that reason, you know, obviously you have got uh, people like Summer Michelle or Summer Michelle. What the fuck is her name? Uh, Chris Saint Michelle. No, no, no. Damn, Summer I Walker. Fucking... Summer Walker. I don't say Summer Michelle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, leave that in there. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. You got goddamn Summer Michelle. Summer Walker. I don't know who Summer Michelle is, but um. You got Summer Walker. You got um, she. Mm-hmm. No, her. Yeah, her. 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 <laughs> you got Ari Lennox, who's a beast. Ari Lennox. Yeah, she's a fucking beast. You got uh, SZA, but sometimes I'm not down with what all of what SZA does. I love. I, I really like SZA. I'm a big fan of SZA. But but I, I, I agree with you. I feel like there's certain. I, I know a lot of people have have not really liked her. I guess her vocal range isn't all that great, mm-hmm. and people have touched on that. But I I, I think she's dope. I, yeah. I like her music a lot. Um, but a lot of some of the best singers right now are really just the singers that have been out for a while and they're Mm -hmm. they've never been really really huge because i feel like all the big singers the ones that blew up huge in the 90s and the 2000s not many of them are really around anymore but all of the lower level ones are still around like jasmine sullivan i know she just put Mm -hmm. out a new album and i heard that that joint was fire all the rest of her shit is fire so i would expect it from her tweet put out a new album a few years back who else um tony braxton just put out an album i think earlier this year or late last year uh which was really fucking good and then she put out one with babyface uh, a couple years back too which was bomb as fuck so it's just like all of the true r&b is not coming from this new generation it's coming from the older generation still no that's a fact and you know i know i know there's gonna be a complete 180 here but like it kind of reminds me i know i know you might not have almost anything to say about this because I don't know how first you are in the Latino world, right? Mm-hmm. But it kind of reminds me of bachata. And now, again, for all my Latino listeners out there, and I know this might not be something that's widely be graspable by everybody, but bachata used to be like this very dominant sound that would, you know, I mean, you know, oh yeah, I know, I know bachata, like yeah. Yeah, but but I feel like the bachata sound, the genre, there's very few artists because everybody's doing reggaeton or Spanish rap. And it's the same thing in English. Hmm. I never thought That's of it that cool. way, for real. It, it's kind of crazy because I'm telling you, a lot. ask any Latino, right? Ask them, aside from uh, Romeo Santos and maybe a handful of artists, mm-hmm. name a new bachata artist that's like popping and you know getting popping songs it's hard to, it's hard to find them and again same thing with r&b artists they are some out there but it's not nearly as much you're right because like again i'm not as versed in in latino music as uh, as most latinos are 
but I did come I did grow up with a lot of it in high school and yeah. bachata yeah all of the bachata I hear now is still old shit that we used to rock to back yep. at parties back in the day I don't yep. know mm-hmm. any news like you said Romeo Santos and then when he did the one song with Drake or whatever and he did the yep. one song with Usher that's the last time I really remember hearing bachata like really hard and that had to be like five years ago at least now I'm trying to tell you and so now Unless you're like a niche fan of the genre, or unless you know you're like really into that shit, you're probably not going to hear that on the radio all that much. You're probably not going to hear that too much at parties unless they play the old shit. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why I'm kind of connect. That's why I know it's kind of like a far left connection, but I feel like it actually fits very well because it does. It's the same thing. A lot of these guys who, a lot of these younger guys who would probably be, you know, more towards bachata or like, fuck it, I'm going to do rap and reggaeton because it's more popping. Same thing with singers who might be decent rappers. Like, you know what? Rap is kind of more popping right now, especially the melodic shit. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me, let me do me. Let me do my thing as a rapper, like a melodic rapper, because a lot, believe it or not, I feel like a, there are some, not a lot, but there are some melodic rappers who can actually kind of sing. Yeah, there are. So, so, I feel like that's kind of the same thing, you know, how we were saying the whole bachata thing. So yeah. it's crazy, though, man. It's 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 definitely a dying genre that I hope somehow, some way, could you know find its way to stick around. Yeah, yeah, no, I I'd, I'd love to see bachata stick around. All just like I'd love to see R and B make a, a yeah. real real resurgence and comeback because you know that there are singers out there. There, I mean, look at all these damn singing competition shows that we have on TV. There's plenty of people y'all can fill out these ranks with that are very talented and y'all can work with and do all type of shit with. But it's just like y'all, I, I don't, I don't understand. It's like I don't know. Maybe there's just not the, maybe maybe it's just the way that like you know contracts are made now and record labels work now, where it's they're not really going out to look for talent to cultivate it or anything like that. They just want to find someone who's got that following and just bam, let you do what you do because you're already That's set. We don't have to, we don't have to build you up. Honestly, man, that, that's what it is because there's no real reason why. Because I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's about money with these record labels. And if they feel like, you know, this young rapper right here is going to get him way, has way more followers, uh, has way more views on YouTube already. So fuck, let's, let's, let's push him and let's forget about this young, really talented R&B singer, right here, you know? So, and, or, or let's hold on to him and, and sneak him into a couple rap songs. You know, but but that's about it. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like you're right. I feel like a lot of these R and B artists, like you said, they're there, but they, they definitely don't get the push that they probably should. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some um, some OGs that have been uh, popping back up in the industry lately. Because a lot of not a lot of, but a good amount of OGs have come out with albums recently. Um, Public Enemy, Goody Mob, Busta Rhymes, Nas, Styles P. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially some older ones like Goody Mob and Public Enemy, those were real big surprises of albums that 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 came out in 2020. But uh, who do you, who is your OG who you still think is the most relevant currently? Because I mean, I can't now, say that Goody Mob necessarily would be relevant right now because they just came uh, back. Uh, yeah. But like you know, like we said, there's there's been the OGs that have been steady around for a minute. Who do you think is the most relevant of those right now? Let me now. Let, let me just say this. Um, I feel like when it comes to discussing relevancy in 2020, or I guess 2021 now, you have to take into consideration other aspects aside from their music, uh-huh. uh, especially when you have guys like Snoop Dogg, who's just known to everybody, no matter what race, no matter how old you are. Yep. You know who Snoop Dogg is. Yep. 
Um, so I feel like it's kind of crazy to think that Snoop Dogg is probably always going to be relevant, like until the day he dies, and maybe even after then. Yeah, him, Jay Z. So, uh, yeah, Jay Z is another guy. Which even though he is kind of still in the business of, of music, I guess, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, uh, he's he's definitely in that list. Um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw in the locks in there, man. Um, they released a really dope album this year, which we reviewed not too long ago. Yep, uh, really dope album. I think Sheik Luch is again. We've said this while we were reviewing the album. I think he's on his in his bag when it comes to his pen. Kiss is always that, you know what I mean? And yep. Styles, he's he's gonna give you that grittiness and that that harsh shit. So, shout out to the locks, man. I, I feel like again we, we've said this before. The locks are a perfect example of how to age gracefully in rap. And I feel like that's, you gotta love to see it. Exactly. You, know, you gotta love to see it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really dope. Now, speaking of aging gracefully in rap, um, I gotta say, Macho has to go to Nasty Nas because yeah. Nas not only released an album this year, it was a couple years ago, he performed at the fucking. Um, what is that shit called here? The Kennedy Center here for the Kennedy Center Honors with a full mm-hmm. orchestra behind him performing mm-hmm. his music. He's done. I mean, he's he's released at least four albums in like the last six years. Um, yeah. He stayed on tour on big tours, small tours, whatever. Like I said, he's done Kennedy Center stuff. He's done all this other stuff. Um, and the fact that he's still after damn near 30 years one of the most lyrical people that has oh. ever put music out point blank period i have to give it up to him like he's been able to stay relevant but also stay like fly somewhat under the radar until he's caught up into some type of drama like like the whole Nicki minaj thing which again it speaks on his relevancy because mm-hmm. let's be real Nicki is not about to be seen with some old ass washed up rapper who's not relevant so that just goes to show the just the respect that Nas has in, in the culture and just the relevancy one way or another, either through his uh, his Hennessy uh, collab or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and just him releasing dope album after dope album. And you uh, know what? Totally, I, I forgot about the goddamn Hennessy shit because he'd been on TV pushing Hennessy for a damn near a decade. <laughs> and you could argue that while he wasn't, because let's be real, you know, there was a gap that. Nas wasn't necessarily putting out the best music in the world. Yeah, and I feel like even after that, there was a time where maybe he wasn't putting out any music. But I feel like that Hennessy shit really kept his name in people's ears, even though obviously it was still Nas at this point. But I feel like that opened up the doors for him having this resurgence. Where I mean, again, I personally haven't haven't listened to it, but I've heard a lot of people say that his last album was really, really dope. It was. It was really good. I, I was quite surprised. And some of it was rushed, too, from what I remember. Like, um, I think they kind of put it together kind of quickly. So mm. I was actually surprised at how good it was, considering how little time they used to uh, to compile the whole thing. So, but now, nah, if you ever get a chance, check it out. It's called King's Disease. Yeah, yeah. For real, check that. I, got, I, I heard. Um, I heard the song with uh, Five Year Foreign. And that song blew me away because, you know, this is some, something I wasn't expecting to see. And typically when you see uh, older artists with, you know, relatively younger artists, it, it, it kind of sounds forced and it kind of just doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. It might even be corny in, in a, lot, a lot of times. And that wasn't the case at all here. So yeah. that, was, that was really dope. Right. Well, um, one thing I'm actually interested in is you you came up with something to talk about as in the personality of the year. So I want to know who do you consider personality of the year? Because I think my joint is going to hit you completely left field and it's it's not because of music. 
So for me, honestly, personality uh, in, in, in the culture in general, it, it could be anybody. It, you, you don't have to have a show. You don't have to have, you know, like a Joe Budden thing or academics thing. But yeah. I feel like those are all considered still personality, Charlemagne. Oh, of course. Huge personalities, too. Uh, all, all these guys and things like that. But, man, look, I'm, I'm going to just go out there and say Joe Budden, man. I, I feel like Joe Budden, and, and I know that's the safe and easy pick. And that's why I'm glad that you apparently have a, a wild card in the in the in the deck there. <laughs> yeah, you you gave me the pass to you, the easy one, so I appreciate you. There appreciate you. you. There you go. Oh, anything I can do to help, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, no, Joe Budden, man. Look, man, he he arguably has one of, one of the, if not, yeah, at least one of the biggest podcasts out right now. Uh-huh. Um, he was, I think, I think that whole shit about him renegotiating with uh, with Spotify, whether he won or not, I felt like it was genius. But like it brought a lot of attention to him mm-hmm. at the least. And you know that at the least that that brings new viewership. It brings people looking in to see, oh, let, let me see why he felt he, like he could ask for his money. money. Honestly, yeah. honestly, my bad to cut you off, but it was the, yeah. it was the Joe Rogan effect because Joe Rogan did the same shit last year that he mm-hmm. did this year, except a little bit smarter and sounding less ignorant about it. Because <laughs> at points, it sounded like Joe just didn't know what the fuck was in his contract. <laughs> Facts. That's true. But it's the same That's power true. move. It was the same essential power move. Right. No, yeah, I, I agree 100%, man. And um, again, I, I know a lot of it was coming from an ignorant standpoint, and he was just being loud and not letting people talk type shit. He's being Joe. But, just being Joe. <laughs> but ultimately, I feel like it worked out for him because mm-hmm. I, I really do feel like he's viewed as the bar when it comes to the, this culture's um, – Podcasting. I feel like a lot of people would love to get to that point. Um, and you know, the numbers don't lie. You know, he, he, his viewership is still up on YouTube, higher than a lot of people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining. I, I like to listen to. I like to, you know, listen to it here at work. So, um, yeah, man, I, I feel like he's become a voice also in that. I feel like he's really become this like OG voice of reasoning in a lot of ways, which is kind of crazy coming from somebody as, you know, emotionally unstable as Joe has been over the yeah. years. But uh, I really do feel like Joe has, has reached a new level of uh, of this overall, um, I guess I'm using the word peace here, <laughs> when it's Joe Budden. But I really do feel like he's gotten there, man. And, and for that reason, I feel like he's able to to do all these great things. He's he's interviewed. He's done things like the pull-up, which I think he does like one-on-one interviews with rappers. I see him doing with Styles P. I see him doing with a lot of newer guys. So I feel like all of that shit is really dope. And yeah, man, he's just, He's doing it the right way, in my opinion, and uh, I love what I'm saying, man. No, I got to agree with you, uh, Joe. Even though he did not really make it as a rapper back in the day, he has had success. But mm-hmm. Joe is so lyrically sound that like, mm-hmm. I can take his opinion on somebody's song, like what he thought about how someone structured their song. So like, I have to, I have to give it to Joe <laughs> on some points. But at the same time, Joe pisses me off so much. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's like the serious like love hate relationship. It, and again, a lot of, a lot of that could be said about a lot of guys on this list. To be fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my choice, and I actually have to go back and uh, because I didn't say who uh, who my OG who was still relevant. I don't think I did. Uh, okay. yeah. But anyway, uh, my choice for personality is actually going to go to Plies. Okay. And the reason that it goes to Plies is because Plies was on Instagram talking some of the realest shit 
about yeah. everything this year, including the administration, Donald Trump, whatever the fuck was going on. He was on point with every fucking thing that he said. And I've probably seen the majority of the videos that he's put out this year. And I'm just like, this is not a stupid nigga. This is a smart nigga. And this was like, I, I feel like more rappers need to, not, I don't want to say need to, but like should, like, you know, I don't want to say put it out there that they're that they're more intelligent that they come across as, but it's just like if you know something about something and you, you speak on it, like speak on it intelligently. You know what I'm saying? Like Cardi B doesn't know a lot about a lot of things, but she does know some stuff about some stuff, and the stuff that she knows, she'll speak on it. It'll be loud, ratchet, and ghetto, but she gets her fucking point across, and you get what the fuck she's talking about. So I don't care how you deliver the fucking message, just make sure that you deliver an intelligent message and get the point across to people. And that is something that Plies did unequivocally fantastically this whole of 2020 for me let's let's put it this way right it shouldn't be a surprise that a rapper is smart no not at all you know particularly a black or latino rapper it shouldn't be a surprise and i feel like you know hopefully we'll get to that point where it isn't mm-hmm. but you know to to talk about what you were talking about with plies you know before this year or even i guess in the past he would always make these instagram videos you know wilding out and just doing a bunch of funny stuff mm-hmm he even changed up his voice when he would, when he would be talking uh, like the more I don't want to use the word smart but like the more I guess I guess smart stuff you know what I mean yeah like when he's whole, speaking of more intelli- like intelli- not intelligent but like more important topics I guess yeah when he's speaking about more important shit he'll even stop using the little you know high pitch voice and shit like that yeah and again like you said you know it's, it's, it's great to see a lot of these rappers just you know again just speak from a way more level-headed perspective um but i feel like it should become the norm at some point you know to, to add to what you're saying about cardi b like you said a lot of people like to dog her for not sounding like she knows what she's talking about but i still feel that her initiative that she makes to be in these conversations it speaks a lot and, and i feel like you have to respect that like and if you don't at the end of the day you're just somebody who's just i don't know you're just not you're, you're already looking to, to hate on the situation you know yeah and like, that, you're literally I, my bad go ahead no, I'm just gonna say I hear a lot of people hate on you know Cardi talking about you know all these government stuff because they say she's not you know properly. But you, motherfucker, you talk about this shit with your family, your friends, yeah. and you get your shit from fucking Twitter. Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm and that's why I say like I don't care how the fuck you get the message across, get the message across. If you yeah. have to, if if you if you choose to speak the way that Cardi does, as long as you get the message across like she fucking does, I don't care. Like as long as motherfuckers understand what the fuck you're talking about. But like I just like like you said, I'm I'm super super impressed um, that he de- even decided to speak on it because a lot of rappers will have an opinion on it, but they're not going to speak on it because they don't want to be put in that lane or want to have to deal with any backlash that comes along with you know all the bullshit blah blah blah. So like right. I I salute him for speaking on it, and I I don't what is the word I big him up for just having entirely thought out comments and thoughts and and reflections on everything that's been going on this year so shout out to plies no for sure um and also i, I just put in a uh i guess a 2b or 1a in in, in you know i mentioned Charlemagne or joe budden but i also want to mention Charlemagne for him man i mean like he's he has his own uh a podcasting conglomerate i guess if you want to call it oh yeah the uh, network the network that, that he that he got going on so that's that's really dope um, re-signed with iHeartMedia so yeah I, I think it's undeniable that he's one of the top personalities in the culture Facts. and he continue, he continues to be that and, and I, I really I used to think Charlamagne was just a 
super wild, you know, person. But I feel like over the years he's, he's matured a lot, and I, I really, I really respect a lot of his takes, to be honest. I do too, because he says a lot of stuff to artists that you would not think that people would say to artists because they, you want to stay in their good graces, you want to stay in whatever. But no, Charlamagne just ask him straight up forward. And it's not always like embarrassing or dumb shit about their private lives. It's actually right. shit about their music. And it's just like somebody needed to ask that nigga that question. Um, thank you, Charlamagne. Thank you, Charlamagne. And, then, and this is the great thing about Charlamagne, right? That to add to what you were saying, he used to be that person where he would ask about the messy stuff and about their personal life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he turned it. He used that same fearlessness that he would have to ask those questions mm-hmm. to ask the real questions that need to be asked that are actually relevant to the artist and, you know, people really want to know, but that some, you know, interviewers might not have the courage to ask. Exactly. All right. And oh, t- uh, going, tracking back to my OG who's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Mine was actually Styles P by himself Because again like Nas This is a nigga that releases an album every two to three years And puts out a good album Every two to three years And then he came back out with the locks Because I think he, re- he released an album himself this year And then also released an yeah. album with the locks this year So I mean my man has stayed doing work Has stayed on point So that's my that's my OG He's still relevant right there Yeah and, and he's also done a lot of collabs mm-hmm. Over the years Yeah um, I believe he's done uh, done one with Davies. I think another one is on the way, uh-huh. if I hear correctly. Uh, Burner, uh, he's done one with Burner, and he just he he's, he works, man. That's one thing about Styles that I gotta respect. And he doesn't try to shy away and do what's popping now. Uh-uh. He does what he knows his fans are gonna want, and that's what that's what we get. Um, a lot of my favorite style shit is a lot of the introspective shit, a lot of the deeper stuff. Uh-huh. Um, like he's. At his age now and in his point, this point in life, I feel like a lot of that more is peaking out. So I feel like he's making, in my opinion, some of his best music. Like I, I really enjoy a lot of Styles' uh, albums in the past two, three years. Oh yeah, sure. big facts, big facts. All right, so we had a lot of, as we said before, we had a lot of rappers, older rappers, younger, older rappers who haven't been out in a while come back this year and release a bunch of stuff. Who is your choice for? I guess we can call it the comeback person of the year. Who who had the best comeback this year musically? All right. So I was gonna go with one person, but I ended up changing uh changing my my choice here. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Kid Cudi, man. Just overall in the past five years, I would say. It, I feel like it culminated uh this past year with him releasing his last album, uh, Man on the Moon Three, uh, which I haven't listened to all the way yet, but I like what I'm hearing and, and I feel like um, it's, it's, it's really dope so far. Um, but you know, for a long time, I, you know, Kid Cudi's always talked about his issues with mental health and uh, depression, things like that. And, you know, he's talked about that recently. And, you know, if you listen to his album before this one and the one before that, you can hear a lot of that same conversation in those. So I feel like he, I don't know if he may or may not have been in a, in a dark place, you know, in the last couple of years, but I feel like he's really bounced back. Um, working together with the collab album with Kanye West uh-huh. not too long ago, um, and and now he's he's, he's a man on the moon three. And I feel like it's um, well, if if you look at the sales, you know it it, it did pretty good. I believe it did at least a hundred thousand. I want to say it was maybe like one hundred twenty five, hundred thirty thousand, which is pretty good in in today's world. Um, and he also also has that that niche following that I feel like regardless if he, if he does really well or not, he's always going to do well. In, in regards to sales, so I feel like because of that, he's always going to have that you know relevancy going on. So I feel like Kid Cudi did had a good year, and uh, he was on he was on whole lot of red, which is 
which is uh one of the bigger anticipated albums that came out this year. The the, uh, the hell's his name? Uh, Playboy Party album that came out. And uh, yeah, he's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper nowadays. Let's just put it that way. Like a lot of these young guys, Scott, uh, Trippy Red, a lot of these guys have always said that his favorite rappers are Kid Cudi. So okay. it's just it's just good to see him featured in all these guys' songs, which which is dope to see. And it actually is really good. I would say for me, my comeback rapper of the year was Busta Rhymes. It had been a long time since he actually released anything, and then he just came out of the gate to me randomly because i didn't hear shit about ele2 i didn't hear shit about yeah. it until right before it came out i think i, I want to say he announced it and like very very shortly later he was like, all right it's out exactly so when i heard it it was like it was like classic buster rhymes but with a new twist to it still wild still crazy still had all types of energy so, like, I have to give it to him because it's just like, yeah, you know, Nas came back and did an album this year. A couple of other people, you know, Eminem came back, did an album this year. But nobody's joint for me. And the fact that I'm like a huge Busta fan. I mean, Nas's joint is good, but Busta's joint was just unexpected. And I just thoroughly enjoyed the fuck out of it. No, I, I, I feel you all the way there. Another, another artist that I had in mind was uh, Big Sean. You know, he came back and, you know, he's been kind of, again, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if, you know, he was going through some stuff, but he's, he's talked recently about mental health and things like that. So, um, and, and also he was away for a couple of years. He, he hadn't really released too much in the last two years, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, it was good to hear his last album. We heard a snippet of it on the podcast uh, when we were doing our, our first listen segment. And uh, we, we liked what we listened to, or we liked what we heard. And, you know, I went back and listened to the album. It's, and it's a really dope album. So definitely go check that out. And to top it off, he's in a beautiful relationship one of the most beautiful women in the world, Janae Aiko. Oh, they still together. Be, you can't be mad. You, yeah, he ain't, he ain't letting that go. I wouldn't let that go. <laughs> you, fucked up. You, you ain't never leave this. <laughs> I mean, when you a rich young nigga with money, rules are different. Rules are different, nigga. Yeah, rules is different. That's a fact. <laughs> so definitely, shout out to uh, Big Sean having a, a, a successful year coming back to, uh, at Detroit too. So Yeah, that was a good album. All right, so to end this joint, of course, you know, we got to talk about who we thought was the rapper of the year. A lot of people had big mm-hmm. years this year. I'm not going to name yeah. any people because I don't want to mess up whatever somebody going to say. But uh, I'm a, <laughs> let me go ahead and give this one first. I have yeah, to pick the baby because the baby was everywhere. He had two albums himself come out this year. And then or was the other one last year? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think they might have both of them this year. Okay, so two albums out in, in this year, both of them hits, multiple, multiple huge platinum hits. Uh, he's yeah. on all type of everybody's shit from J. Cole to, you know, uh, wasn't it Future and all that other stuff? Like, he's on yeah. songs with everybody. He, yeah. him, and I mean, not, not my choice, but him and Lil Baby, the two babies, they've been, they've been tearing up hip hop all year. So, but I had to go with the baby. I had to go with the nigga from from Charlotte. Hey, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of perfect segue in there because you just mentioned my pick, and I'm gonna say it out now is Lil Baby. Uh, he's my pick for art, for rapper of the year. Look, man, the reason for that is versatility, and the reason I said versatility, and I know this is just one song, but he had obviously his regular regular deal, which is his trap shit, but he also had that one song, which I can't think of the name right now. That was kind of talking about the political unrest is going on right now, and it was actually a dope song. Mm-hmm. It was actually, a really, really dope song. 
I don't know. I, I just think it's it's important if you're going to be this top artist to be able to make records like that uh, in times like these. So the fact that he did that and it was well received, everybody liked it, and I, I feel like it, it was impactful, to be honest. Um, that, along with him having anthems, like we paid for 42 Doug, which is one, uh, another song that we could have included in Anthems of the Year. True. I feel like that's a huge song. Uh, really big uh, street song and yeah and, and his album was no slouch either it was a really dope album and well, I think it was My Turn is what it was called mm-hmm. and yeah just I think he's had a really dope year I, w- I would say he could go head to head with the baby um, I think it's it's a toss up in my book another person that I would be thinking of is Meg Thee Stallion yeah you know you know, we, we didn't really talk about uh, her situation on his episode but you know she had that moment that situation going and Good or bad, that still, you know, kind of kept her name in that, in the mix of things, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. It was like she had a fire mixtape that came out at the beginning of the year, Sugar. And then the issue happened later on in the year. And then literally uh, two months after the issue happened, good me- or good news came out. And that joint yeah. was fire, too. So, like, and then, you know, she, she had the hot remixes. She had some of the hottest joints of the year. So, yeah, definitely Meg can be on that list for sure. No, for sure. You're talking about WAP. You're talking about Savage Remix. Mm-hmm. Two of the biggest anthems slash songs of the year. So I feel like it's, it's undeniable uh, to, to put Meg up there. And she working uh, with everybody from Beyonce to Gucci, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, for my lower... I don't want to say lower tier. That, that, that's a very disrespectful term to use for these guys I'm about to talk about. Okay. But for the least, I guess for the non-mainstream, even though they are kind of mainstream now, but Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs both had phenomenal fucking years. Big facts. Um, like I said, they, I like to use this phrase. They represented for the filth. They represented for the real rap. And, and, and they fuck around and stuck around. You know, Benny the Butcher, he said that he has a Drake feature coming along. So the fact that he has Drake, okay. one of the people. So that, that's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Freddie Gibbs has done multiple shit with Rick Ross. With uh, a lot of the Griselda guys and and just big, you know, a, a lot of big names in general. So I feel like he's somebody who's already established. He's already so done really multiple like, albums with some of the biggest names in production in hip hop. Oh yeah, man. oh absolutely. Some at least some of the most respected names in hip hop for mm-hmm. sure. With Madlib, uh, both actually two albums with Madlib mm-hmm. and the Alchemist and, and Alchemist. So uh, I agree one hundred percent. So it's really dope to see these guys. Coming into their own and, and getting the respect from a lot of these top top tier artists, you know. So that's really dope. And I just want to add honorable mention as well. Twenty One Savage, I think he had a dope year, dope album. And you know him coming into his Dalai Lama Twenty One Savage stage, you gotta love it, man. I love it. I love to see the growth. Got to man. <laughs> Anything else you want to tell these people before we slide into these uh, album suggestions for the night? Nah, man. Definitely. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for. Rocking with us has been a fucking crazy fucking year. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, let's just hope that in 2021, the big dogs drop. You know, Kendrick hasn't dropped. J. Cole hasn't dropped. Drake hasn't dropped. There's a lot of guys that haven't dropped, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we get at least a couple of those this year. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, of course, you know, we like to do album <laughs> suggestions before we get up out of here. So uh, what's your album yeah. suggestion for today, sir? Oh, uh, man. So. We lost a great one over the weekend. My man, MF Doom. Actually, we didn't lose him over the weekend. We actually lost him back in Halloween, which is fucking insane. I'm telling you. Yeah. Which is, again, so MF Doom-esque that he died 
damn near two months ago, and we're just finding out about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's just Doom has so much, man. But R.I.P. of Doom. So I'm gonna go with his uh, collab album with Mad Lib, Mad Villainy. Oh um, yes, super dope production. I'm one of the most craziest, uh, just structure wise songs, uh, song structures that you could ever hear, in my opinion. On, on, on this album, uh, almost virtually no hooks on the whole fucking album. <laughs> uh, but, but a lot of really dope rapping, a lot of really dope production. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people have this album in their, in their, uh, rail talk. You know, a lot of people really like this album. Uh, I think it's a really dope album. So if you haven't checked it out, go check that out, man. RIP to the villain. MF Doom, you know what it is, man. All right. Well, my album suggestion this week is going to be Beanie Siegel, The Solution from 2007. Uh, this album came out sh- damn near like, maybe months after he got out of jail back in 07. And it's got features from R. Kelly, Styles P, Jay-Z, uh, Diddy, Petey Crack, Ghostface Killer, Raheem Devon, Scarface, and James Blunt. So, like, this joint is not feature heavy. It's like most of these, uh, some of these songs have multiple artists on them. But it's not, oh, okay. it's not feature heavy. But every song on here hits hard as fuck. They're all good as shit, including the joint, the, t- the first joint, All the Above with R. Kelly. I'm sorry, that's one of the hardest joints on this joint. Still love that song, despite that R. Kelly sings a hook. Uh, <laughs> but everything about this album was vicious, and you could just feel the um the visceralness and the like i'm back niggas let me show y'all what the fuck it is with seagull mm-hmm. like that's the the right. whole vibe i got from this album and i feel like right. it's if you feel like being amped up and just being like yeah i'm on my shit right now listen to this <laughs> fucking album <laughs> i'm looking for that shit because like we were talking about off the off off camera and off mic niggas gotta lose fucking weight yeah. so we might hey we might have to have like a little bet or something a little side bet just to Keep us motivated, dog. Hey, hey, let's do it. Let's set that up. So we, we might have to discuss that off camera. We'll 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 get back to y'all next week to see what we came up with. But definitely, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a listen to that album to keep keep the motivation going. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the show today, y'all. As always, thank y'all for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Now, y'all know y'all can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. You can go to our social medias, Twitter and Instagram, and we are at Hip Hop Head, or excuse me, at HQ Podcast. And yes, it is spelled out. Yeah, buddy. And y'all can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcast. And if you Google it, basically anything that you can listen to pod- podcasts on, you, you'll probably find us. We on there. We, 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 we're a little bit everywhere. So. Um, <laughs> But once again, thank y'all to everybody around the world. My name is Cooper, and for my man, Mr. Christopher Bass, be good. And if you can't be good, be the best you can be. Wash your hands, wash your ass, stay safe. Happy New Year. We out this bitch. Peace, y'all. Tighten up, baby. Let's go Titans. We're going to whoop that ass on Sunday. Fuck the Ravens. We out. <laughs> Skins in the playoffs. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>